0: Source. Hey you like Bez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these.
1: Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source and we are here listening to part two of our letter predictions at Behind the Boundary Podcast. Now, part one, we put out last week and we only put nine spots out. They were chosen at random and there's a few gaps, as we can see on Twitter, at Behind the Bound, if you want to have a look at what it is and the full letter letter will be posted uh, at the end of this show, Source.
0: Yeah, welcome guys, correct Pez, there's a few spots still missing there, a lot of fun from that first show, make sure you go back and check that out, but we've both got the the top two spots, we've got uh, rounding out the 8th, the 8th, the 7th and 6th spots still to sort of go between the two of our ladders, and uh, you've got an 18th there still Pez, so there's still, uh, I wonder who's going to be slotting into that 18th spot there Pez, knowing uh, your history with a lot of teams.
1: Oh, there'd be a big mystery around that. I'm sure Uh, some of the loyal listeners would not know. Um, One of the interesting things that came out of part one was a big discrepancy where I had Richmond at third uh, making the top four and you had them at 11th source. So interesting to see if there's any discrepancies today. Let's get straight into it. Nine teams to get through. The first team we'll go through is GWS. Now in 2021, GWS finished seventh. So they played in the finals. They won 11 games. They lost 10 and they drew one. Now, they didn't do too much uh, in the offseason with all their assets. They did do some re-signings uh, with Kelly recently and things like that. So they have uh, got Jared Brand from the West Coast Eagles. So he's come across. So he'll be an addition, I'm sure, into their 22. And their injuries at the moment, you've got uh, – well, or suspensions, really. Toby Green to round six. Braden Pruce, uh, he's suspended until round two. And sproul has got a shoulder three to four months. Brett Daniels also four months as well Uh, and Buckley's got his ACL so he's he's due for mid season but uh, Toby Green is the big loss there uh, back in round six because he got the extended suspension for contact with the umpire during that elimination final source
0: yeah it's really disappointing for the giants to start their 2022 campaign with their their captain uh, out toby green as you know is an absolute superstar and he's definitely the barometer despite what some people say in gws he's definitely the gws's barometer i found i found gws really tough Pez. um you know fans of the show will know that there've been a sort of a love hate relationship for us over the last couple of years but after watching them last year and the way they sort of finished up. So they finished seventh, as you said, and they had a win over the Swans in the qualifying final. They probably got the Swans, you know, who were probably, the season probably went a little bit long for the Swans last year. Uh, they were the sort of first sort of finals campaign you expect the uh, Giants experience to to go through. So that's a tick for them. But is it a real tick? They had a, a game against Geelong, which realistically, no one could win in that qualifying final. Uh, so really, really disappointing um, for for the Giants to finish off that after a really really slow start to the season, I think that. They're going to continue on uh, this year. No, Toby Green is really, really, really pivotal for them, um, not till around five. But I can't see them fixing the the main deficit last year. Last year, we continually talked about how they have a lot of talent, but no game plan. They are inconsistent, and it's it's actually really hard to watch football at the times. So they have a real sort of me, me, me mentality, and not a we mentality. They don't. I don't know why they're not using a range of their different uh, their their skill sets. You know, every year a team drops out of the eight, and I think GWS this year is the really easy one to put them dropping out Pez because no Toby Green um, you've got a range of different players who are sort of you know inconsistent Um, their style of football is non-existent as well Um, I've got them finishing quite low Pez for 2022 Pez I've got them finishing 10th so dropping out from that from that eighth spot uh, so that seventh spot dropping out um, and look they'll win the games against you know Hawthorne and Collingwoods your North Melbournes but uh, they need to a lot of things to go right, and they need the mentality of their um, their playing group to actually change, which I don't know if they're capable of because we haven't seen it for the last couple of years. Last year we spoke heaps about the, the coaching deficit and you know what's going on there with, it, with their coach. I think with Alistair Clarkson floating around, this list is ready-made for Alistair Clarkson to come in and change it. Um, I wouldn't be expected if they go the first three or four rounds, and I predicted this last year, Pez. Boom, first sacking is going to be uh, GWS, the coach, and it's, it's, it's going to be all over for them. And then we get Alistair Clarkson in, hopefully not for my prediction because then they'll finish a lot higher.
1: Oh, mate, just go with your prediction year after year until it comes uh, true, huh? (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Okay, so that was the last year's prediction before round five, but didn't end up happening. Uh, Should have happened in the end, but uh, they did make the finals and and he's got his job saved there. So uh, 10th place source, so still fighting for the eight, uh, GWS, if they can get some things right. Um, For me, we've got Finlayson who goes out. So he was the one playing up forward for them and, and Brander comes in, as we said, Uh, I don't find it's it's too much difference. They've got um, a few other players to to fill in that forward line there and be able to do that. Uh, The giant challenge is their consistency and to be able to play tough footy. So... Last year, they tried the kicking game, and they always fall, seem to fall apart at half-forward, so they, they don't have their players. When Jeremy Cameron was in the side going a couple of seasons back, he would have to come up to half-back and the wing to get the pill, and then he couldn't kick, kick it to anyone because they didn't have any marking targets. They were trying to do their finesse-type game, and it didn't quite work. Same with last year. Toby Green, in, in games that they lost, he would play in the midfield, he'd come up, he'd, he'd be fantastic, but they also needed him as a target up forward, whether it be uh, to kick his three goals or to just be a decoy and then one else can pop up and kick a few. So um, I I think because he's out the first three games, uh, they need to pick up at least three of them to be in with a chance to, you know, uh, compete this season and and get in the eight. And if they don't, it it puts them behind the eight ball. And I think without Toby Green, it's going to put them behind the eighth ball and surprisingly so. So I've got the same as you. I do have them finishing 10th.
0: Yeah, I think they're one of those teams that every year pairs that you really, really root for them and you want them because, the, the, as you said, the playing list is so good. You've got you know the likes of Kelly, Cornelio, Toby Green, our favourite. But they just can't seem to all put it together on the park and another disappointing year for the Giants if our predictions are right and they finish 10th. Yeah,
1: well, we'll, we'll see if they do. But um, we get to move on to uh, the, the premiership, the, the team that is trying to back up and go back to back.
0: Yeah, one of the hardest things to do in football, pairs go back-to-back, and that, of course, brings us to Melbourne. Last year, they finished uh, finished top of the ladder, won the premiership, 17 wins, four losses, and a draw. Um, the only real big inclusion for them is Luke Dunstan that got born in from your Saints, pairs. Uh, that sort of big, uh, big, sort of bustly sort of midfielder slash defender that can go in there as a bit of insurance, I think, it all it is, in case someone gets injured. Uh, I mean, in terms of injuries as well, they're looking pretty uh, pretty... Pretty healthy going in, you know. Christian Salem will have be a test for round one. Michael Hib- Hibbard um, sort of will, will come up a bit sore after his practice game. Same with Stephen May, but otherwise they are ready, uh, cherry ripe right for the for the season opener on the Wednesday night, Pez.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we'll speak about the season opener in our uh, round one preview show uh, tomorrow, Source. But the, talking about Melbourne and uh, 2022, uh, the big question mark is premiership hangover. Will they have some form of premiership hangover, uh, especially having the season-long, you know, playing the grand final over in Western Australia? Personally, I don't think so. They're a young side. They run the ball. They take risks, but... They've added that skill side to it. So they were trying to do that a few years ago and they just didn't have the skill behind it. they turn it over in the middle of the ground and get rebounded against very easily. It didn't seem to happen last year. They only lost four games. They were able to turn it on uh, at the drop of a hat. You got Oliver in there. You got Petrarca as the best player in the competition. He can come out in a quarter and pretty much win you a game as we saw in the grand final, the Norm Smith medalist. So uh, the other question I've got is, can other sides adapt to, and if the game is on the line, um, is there going to be anyone else that can step up like the Bull Petrarca? I don't think there will be. Um, I, I do have them finishing, not on top, source. Uh, I've got them finishing second.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, Pez. Uh, I've got them finishing second as well. So that's two in a row that we agree with. We could be on for a bit of a trend here, Pez. Uh, actually, looking at our gaps, definitely not. Um, but, but I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I don't think it's so much as, as a um, premiership hangover, as everyone sort of labels it. I think they go from... You know, the hunting to being the hunted. And I think it's really tough to repeat. You know, you're going from, you know, each week where you've got a 50-50 shot to now every team is planning for you. And and they were, you know, one of the most dominant final performances in the second half of football that we've ever seen. They have an amazing list and, you know, their game style is so heavily reliant on getting the football that they just beat you because they don't allow you to have the football. The issue is going forward into this season is... That they've, every team has had six months to model off Melbourne. They've been watching Melbourne they will get 18 sorry 17 teams week in week out that are going to beat them because they are the best team and they are the reigning premiers and that can be really fatiguing. You look at, um, you know, I liken it a lot to like, you know, when you go through to the NBA season when Golden State, after they won that first one and that second one, they sort of just coasted along, they lost games they needed to lose, they won games, but then it came into finals mode and boom, they turned it on and I think that's what's going to happen is that Melbourne, they're going to do enough to be able to get that top two spot you know, first or second, they'll be thereabouts. They'll drop a couple of games that they shouldn't. They'll be, um, you know, experimenting a, a range of different things. But most weeks, everyone is going to be targeting them. In saying that, Pez, they are easily they're easily the best list. They they don't really have many um, deficits. They've got an amazing, you know, number one ruckman. They've got an elite midfield. They've got, I think, looked at you know Robbo's top fifty. They've got five, sorry, three in the top five players in Gorn, Oliver, and Battraka. Um, and then, you know, the only real deficit they've got is sort of that forward line with with Tom McDonald, but their back line is strong. They've got a lot of outside runners. They've got a lot of things that they are going well. You know, outside of injuries and that fatigue aspect, oh, I can't see them, um, you know, losing too many games. That's why I've got them finishing second. Just there'll be a lot closer games. There'll be a lot of fatigue coming in and not going through that season. Uh, as everyone thinks, I think, you know, going through undefeated. But uh, I think that there, there's a lot of teams around that got better. They are being the hunted though, there's it's a big difference.
1: What's going on? We had uh, nine teams last week. We didn't have them in the same spot. We start with the first two and we've got them in the same spot right off the bank. Um, the next one won't be because you've already declared your wooden spoon, I'm pretty sure, last week. Uh, source, but this team, uh, one of my favourite teams to talk about on Behind the Boundary podcast, is uh, North. So North Melbourne, go from Melbourne who finished first to North who finished 18th. They they got another wooden spoon. Uh, they only won four games. They did have a draw, lost 17th. So they're complete opposite of Melbourne. Uh, I'm going to say some positive things about North though. So uh, those listeners, I hope they haven't tuned out. Source, we've got some pretty good recruits. Callum Coleman from Richmond, the, the young forward up there. So I think he comes in, he's going to do very well. They got Hugh Greenwood uh, off, a, I guess, a Gold Coast era because he <laughs> is a tackling machine. You put him in the midfield, he's a big body. Uh, I think he'll do really well uh, in the North Melbourne Colours there. And then 10-goal Tom, Tommy uh, from Adelaide Crows, he was going to be retired by Adelaide. So he, he's going to come in and offer something that link between half forward and the forward line. And their number one pick, Jason Horn francis he, he looks uh, impressive. Uh needs to get his kicking boots on and uh, kick some more goals. But they, they they've done really really well. There's four players that will slot into their best 22, and uh, I'm very happy to see that. You've got some injuries. Um, how soreness before round, he'll be fine. Uh, and Ben Cunnington, unfortunately, the the recurrence of testicular cancer, so indefinitely out. Uh, and when your best player of the last what, five years is indefinitely out, you, you're going to struggle a bit, even with your recruit source.
0: Yeah, you're right, and you know, it's a real. Um... It's a real deficit for, for North to start the season without uh, their leader and, as you said, their best player for the for the next, for the the next last couple of years. But but they do go with with an instant replacement in, you know, Jason Horn francis uh, th- This kid is elite, Pez, and from every regard, watching him coming across from, from South Australia, boom, straight into the team. He looks like a leader. He had a pretty impressive um, pre-season game where he kicked, you know, sorry, he had 15, 16 touches and two goals too. So he looks elite. He's a, he's a great kick, very similar to David Mundy. Pez is a great kicker of the football. Um, but we're not going to be winning, you know, premierships based off one player. But I like what they've done, as you said. They brought in a couple of good re- um, recruits. They've really lent into um, the the rebuild. They got rid of at the end of last year five or six of their players just that were at the wrong sort of age group. They've kept around Todd Goldstein, sort of that leadership there. Otherwise, they look pretty good. Pers like you know, Luke McDonald had a, a solid season last year. Jed Anderson, he's he's you know, a great, great getter of the footy. Jaden Stevenson had a re rejuvenes last year with um come him coming into the center with. Uh, Hugh Greenwood Joy Simpkin They've got a, ni- a lot of nice Young pieces Pez And I use the word nice Because they're not great they, Do they work together? I don't know But we've spoken a couple of years now North Melbourne got the rebuild wrong A couple of years ago they're doing it right this year, Piers. That doesn't mean that they're going to miraculously jump up the eight. I've got them finishing fifteenth, Piers, and in fifteenth it's like one win away from bottom in 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 eighteenth with with Hawthorne. So they could easily slip to the wooden spoon where you've got them, I'm sure. And uh, it could be, you know, it could be a little bit higher for them. But I think they've got enough pieces to be able to piece together a couple of good wins across the season. And I like the direction they're going this year. Finishing the bottom four for North Melbourne is definitely not a failure. But if they, if they win the wooden well, they do you win the wooden spoon? I don't know. If you get the wooden spoon, that is definitely a failure. So for North Melbourne, they need to put t- together some nice wins, put together a good sort of solid game plan, and just get reps into these young legs.
1: Yeah, nice uh, analysis there. Now, I've already gone through the, the recruits that I uh, do like. So there's four recruits that came in. But unfortunately, they, were, they lost Trent Dumont um, over to Port Adelaide and then uh, Robbie Tarrant as well, so uh, as that defender. So losing those two players as well, they get a little bit less depth. Even though they bring in those other four, now they only won four and a half games. Source, so surely they can't be as bad as 2021. You've got some other teams that are uh, heading to, headed to the bottom of the ladder. You've got Hawthorne, You've got Gold Coast, who you know lost their. Uh, key forward for the for the season. Collingwood is struggling. You might be able to pick up some wins against Adelaide, maybe a struggling West Coast, uh, uh, and then a few others. So you only have to pick up, what, five, maybe six wins to avoid uh, the wooden spoon. So that will be North's uh, go. They wouldn't be too disappointed if they did finish, say, 17th. 16th uh, and and avoided the wooden spoon and still got a really high draft pick uh, to continue this rebuild. So we'll see what happens. Uh, their, their midfield is going to be where it's at. Without Cunnington in there, though, I, I see them losing a lot of games. I think it will be between them and um, Gold Coast and Hawthorne for that bottom spot. But this is north, and I expect another wooden spoon to place just in the, in the top of those uh, premiership cups from the 90s in that cabinet. So just the premiership cups are sitting there and just – adding it with all the uh, wooden spoons.
0: Jeez, a little bit of injury to insult, just chucking the spoons inside the cups there, Pez. I would not be putting them anywhere near there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, they've got to be on display, and um, you can hold the premiership cup and bang it with the spoon, make a, make a little bit of music, uh, yeah, because yeah. they won't be singing the song too many times this year.
0: No way, Pez, you definitely don't showcase the two of them, but uh, <laughs> let, let, let's move on there, and that's enough about North, and you know what, Pez, I think that it, I was stretching out that segment a little bit, because you actually said some really nice things about North, and it's 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 rare, so it was nice for the viewers to get that before you get into the season of you just smashing North Melbourne every week.
1: I don't have to smash them if they if they perform and they actually put in effort and do some things so we'll see how they go in 2022.
0: We will. All right. Speaking of the 2022, let's get on to the next team, Pez. We've got Fremantle, where they finished 11th last year, 10 wins, 12 losses, uh, and you know they were sort of made a big jump last year that a lot of people didn't expect. Uh, they have some nice inclusions with uh, Jordan Clark from from Geelong after uh, that big debacle about trying to get him across. Will Brody from the Gold Coast Suns, uh, and uh, they've uh, they're probably the biggest exclusion for them, or the biggest left is was Chera. You know, losing a top five draft pick can be really tough. But Jordan Clark's in there quite nicely. Uh, and in terms for for injuries, uh, Matthew Johnson, he's probably in doubt for round 1 and Nat Fife with that reoccurring shoulder injury, he will be a test for round 1. So he should be up and about and uh, start se- Fremantle season off with a you know with a with a solid performance hopefully getting their captain back.
1: Yeah, they definitely should um if Fife could stay in the park this year, they'll, they'll be very, very good. They'll be the best team in Western Australia uh, over there with West Coast struggling with injuries and things like that. So they need to uh, stand up for the West Australians over there and try and make a good uh, crack of it this year. I, I think this is a, a tough one, but I have enjoyed uh, the coaching from Longmuir uh, over the last few seasons. I think he's continuing to mould uh, the defence into offence. They've been working on the defence for the last couple of seasons and they've actually been playing quite well. So molding that into offense, working out what it is. I know uh, Tabernet just recently over the weekend uh, might be in doubt for round one. So he's a big loss for that midfield as well. But um, they did lose a big part of their midfield. So they lost Chera coming over to Carlton. Uh, it's It's a hole that just can't be filled with somebody else randomly from the team. So everyone else will need to step up. Fife will need to lead by example. He experimented in the preseason playing up forward and he's come out in the media and said, I'm not a forward. I am a midfielder, and that's where I'm going to play. And that's where they really need him to play. They need Mundy to, to continue to, you know, uh, drink, drink his elixir or whatever he's doing <laughs> and be the oldest player in the AFL and play him really well. So they they need that to happen. Um, they, they need Nat, Nat Fife solely to lead, by example, play a Brownlow-type year so he can fight for the eight. I think because they've got games at home and because they're continually improving, they do do lose Chera, but I think uh, just with natural progression, I think they go up a little bit. They, I think they're going to fight for the eight and uh, I've got them just outside at ninth source.
0: At ninth, yeah. They, they're a really tough one, Pez, because, you know, they, as you said, they definitely will be the best team in Perth and having that home ground advantage of Perth and that fortress there makes them a really tough team because you know that they're probably going to get eight, nine wins, just, well, probably less actually, probably five or six wins, just on the fact of, um, you know, <laughs> them being uh, the, the best team in Perth. And it's a, it's quite a gruelling sort of travel across there. Uh, as you said, they built quite a, a strong defence last year. And um, I like what they were doing, the, the coaching moves that they made, you know, getting some real young elite runners in their back line. Their their midfield was really strong last year. You had some some absolute superstars in Brayshaw and Sean Darcy, probably playing the best football of their early career. Uh, you know, with the inclusion of Caleb Sarong having another strong year, and as you said, Fife going back in there, um, you know, Jordan Clarkson probably have some reps in there as well. It's, it's a shame that a uh, top five draft pick and Chera actually, you know, left them for for um, Carlton, but it does uh, it does provide a small band aid fix. You know, they're not going to be able to build that consistency of back to back years playing with the same sort of team. So I, I agree, Pez. I think that they're they're a strong side. Um, I think that they're going to be in that uh, that race for eighth, and I've got them finishing. A 12th with more wins I think last year 7 wins was a huge win for them I think they probably get to about 10 wins which will put them in contention for that 8th spot um, but unfortunately I think the list around them and the travel to Melbourne as we know they haven't been a great travelling team will definitely be their uh, demise in uh, 2022
1: So what's your what's your final number there Source? 12th 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 yeah so so they're about uh, fighting for it if they win 2 or 3 more than you expect then they can uh, fight for that 8 there you go all right, the Adelaide Crows. Now, this is a, a side, a, a young side uh, that has shown effort uh, in the past, which is which is really good. They played. Uh, they finished fifteenth. They won seven games last year, Source, which was a lot higher than expected because they were with North for for the Wooden Spoons. Seven games was a good effort for this list. They lost 15. They add uh, the left foot, uh, Jordan Dawson from the Sydney Swans, who come out of the back line from Adelaide. uh, And they might need to be more attacking when they come off the half back line if they're they're bringing Jordan Dawson in. So a little bit of uh, changing up. Uh, the injuries, you've got Rory Laird with his hand. He's had a, he's had hand issues for a couple of years now. Uh, he's he's out until round four. Seedsman with a concussion indefinitely, so that's really worrying when you see concussion and you see the word indefinite next to it because you don't know what's what's going to happen with that. Uh, Lachlan Murphy is in doubt for round one, who'd uh, be in their best 22 as well. So a, a couple of injuries there, especially with Laird, uh, one of the best players uh, to be injured. Where do you have the Adelaide Crows?
0: The Adelaide Crows, um, you know, I think they surprised a few people last year in the way they sort of jumped up and they had a couple of sneaky sort of wins there, Pez. i got them finishing 13th. Um, I think they've got... A lot of nice players and a lot of B-grade players. You know, Ben Keys had an extremely great year last year. He really came out. I think the inclusion of Jordan Dawson, that's absolutely a banging move. You know, you got Luke Nankervis in there as well. I think that's a that's a great addition to them. Um, you know, they, they got a couple of sneaky sort of wins there. You know, Rory Laird, Paul Seedsman, Ben Keyes, uh, Roy Sloan. Great sort of through the middle. They had some terrible off-field stuff at the end of the season with Taylor Walker and he'll miss a, a fair bit of the um, the early on, you would say, if he even sort of returns. ...turns into that side. Uh, that'll probably be the big question watching Adelaide. I think that they will just do enough, pairs. They'll just sort of win games that they need to win. Uh, they'll be competitive against those bottom four sides. Hopefully they don't get blown out too much... Um, but I think the big, big sort of watching point for them is that they've got to find, they've got to work out that um, forward line. Their, their forward line last year really, really struggled. Um, they they struggled to sort of get a big score. Tech, Tex Walker can't be your leading goal kicker going forward in twenty twenty two. If you want to see improving, you need to start to get some of those other guys involved and in getting some more score coming from other numbers. And I just don't think they have the 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 um, the list there to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, well, they uh, won some of their games early last season uh, on the back of. Tex Walker as well with uh, bags of goals in the first three or four rounds. Uh, it won't happen again this year, as you, as you said. So, but seven wins last year uh, when they were predicted for you know under three wins or so, uh, it was a successful year for the Adelaide Footy Club. So um, all you can ask for a team down the bottom is they continue to fight and put in the effort required not to get blown out. Uh, And and that's what the Adelaide Crows seem to give you uh, with their heart and soul, Rory Laird not being there. We'll see how they go in the first few rounds. Uh, Jordan Dawson, uh, as I said, will force the coaches to play more attacking style out of the back line. So they'll need to change a few things there. Uh, There'll be hiccups, of of course, uh, with this natural progression and things like that. Um, I think this side can win enough games to escape the bottom four. I have the one below you, Source. Uh, I've got them finishing 14th.
0: 14th. So oh, that's good for, for the Adelaide fans there, Pez, to get uh, them a little bit higher and continue this rebuild. I just worry for them that they haven't really got any elite players. I think when your best player is sort of, you know, Jordan Dawson slash Ben Keys, that your future still needs some rejigging. And I don't know if in the next five years that's going to be a great place for the Adelaide Crows. But for now, escaping the bottom floor is definitely a victory and keep getting those sort of sneaky wins that they did last year. Right on to uh, you know the big big talking point of the off-season pairs. There are a lot of people that are extremely high on Essendon. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts about the Essendon Bombers. Last year they finished eight wins, eleven loss. Sorry, they finished eighth with eleven wins and eleven losses. Um, they had some not really any sort of big moves over the the thing. They included sort of Jake Kelly from the Crows, uh, and then it's sort of not too many other people. Just went through the draft in terms of injuries. There are a couple of injury just um, sort of concerns uh jake stringer with that groin he most likely will be out for round one he says that he's going to get up and play but you know with a groin it could be 50 50 anthony mcdonald tip and woody he's out indefinitely for the moment with some personal um stuff that's going on over the break and michael hurley with that hip he's also indefinite for the season of 2022 so a couple of big names in those injury column pairs for uh, you know a lot of people have a extreme highly expectations for the bombers what about you
1: yeah, uh, this is probably my most controversial one, uh, which I'm sure you're happy to hear that source, because uh, I, I actually really struggle any year to rate the the Essendon list. And uh, I think they've got some, some good young players coming in, definitely. They've got Jake Stringer, who, who could be an absolute gun. Uh, Harry Jones, uh, Archie Perkins are forward as well. Um, I'm not as high on Nick Cox as a, a lot of people are. I think he goes missing a lot as, as a young player, um, needs, needs to come back in. Uh, and Jordan Ridley down back is really, really good now. Last year, you had Darcy Parrish reach another level. Uh, you got Andy McGrath, who's continuing to, to rise. You had a disappointing year from, say, Dylan Sheel and Devon Smith, who they're meant to be the absolute superstars in, in their source. You got Zach Merritt, who always does his thing, uh, I don't think has a uh, massive impact on the game. But I, I think they... Uh, really struggled. They had Nick Hind play out of his skin last year and run the ball and, and kick the ball, and they finished in the eight, uh, but I'm, I'm not too sure. So they are finalists from last year, and the Essendon fans are going to ridicule me for saying this, but um, I, I find it hard to rate this list really, really highly. Um, Hurley and Tipper, we don't know, you know, when they're really coming back in. Uh, Hurley with that hip infection. Um, let's see if they can they can fly above 12th. And prove me wrong. Source uh, all the way down at twelfth to the wow. Essendon fans there. Oh,
0: wow, you've got them dropping out of the eight and heading down four spots. That's that's pretty big, Pez.
1: Yeah, uh, I just don't know what it is uh, with Essendon. I, I think um, I just think there's other sides that, that are better than them, and uh, Essendon have come out and they play, you know, twenty twenty five minutes of pretty good footy, and they you know pile on a few goals. But I just think other sides can work them out and. Um, the disappointing elimination final last, last year against the Western Bulldogs and down in Tasmania. I, I just think the, the young guys maybe won't progress, especially being key, key forward players as the, the fans hope and the hype around Nick Cox won't progress as uh, Essendon fans feel. And I have seen since our first recording source, some people actually write articles, uh, some very well-known people in the media saying Essendon uh, finishing the top four and uh, vie for a premiership. So me saying twelve. That's a big, big discrepancy.
0: Huge discrepancy, Pez. Uh, yeah, I th- I've definitely seen those articles where people have said that you know, some uh, Mick Malthouse picked them for premiers, you know, and he knows a little thing about football here and there. So really interesting how mixed uh, people are on this list. And I guess the the big premise of a lot of these people's predictions, as you said, is that growth of that, that those younger players coming through. And you're also expecting to have a healthy Tipper for the whole year, a healthy Jake Stringer. You know, where he kicks probably 50 goals as well as gets you about 20 disposals because we know that when he's up and about and he's fit, he's one of the best sort of midfielders you know he's bont like in there but the problem is that consistency with injury Um, I've got him finishing a bit higher but you know it's one of those things that Essendon has easily the hardest fixture for the year so obviously finishing the top eight we know the AFL does that sort of fixture swap around where they have um, you know they play a lot more of the top sides they have got um, you know being a big name, they play those games against you know Essendon and Carlton and Richmond, and those the three of those teams got better. Like so, that that's the big thing. You know Collingwood still down the bottom, but they did get better, and, and you know they know where the ladder positions are for those games that they don't actually matter. They've got a heap of um, midfield depth pairs, and that's going to be also a bit of a problem for for, for um Essendon is how strong they are in that midfield. You've got sort of, you know, Drake, Jake Stringer, uh, when he when he's playing up and about, he, he sort of fits in there. You've got Parrish uh, as well as being, you know, an absolute uh, match winner. But he also took a jump last year that no one expected. So this year teams are going to be planning for him. Uh, but they've also got, you know, the likes of Merritt, McGrath, Devin Smith, Dylan Scheel, and they've still got to find room for, for Jai Caldwell, the, the recruit from GWS, to get in there and Kyle Langford as well. So I think that there is some move to be made that can get all those boys into the side and they can have a really successful season insane it sounds like I'm, I'm speaking like you Pess, and saying they're dropping out I think that they're, they're they're strong enough in that midfield and I like the way that they played football I think last year against the doggies they should have beaten the doggies and I think they played that game nine out of ten times they actually beat the doggies in that that final they win that first final and they're through and then they probably you know they probably sneak sneaking into a to a prelim final against Brisbane and they probably can make a little bit more noise and, and people are talking a little bit more highly touted and we actually get to see this talent on the park and how good they can be I've got a Finishing six And I think last year I had them finishing six as well And they they snuck into the eighth this is, it uh, breaks my heart to say it because you know that I'm not a big Essendon fan and I like much prefer to see your prediction, but I think that they're listing their depth in that midfield and the way that they, if they can spread that talent around the ground and get people to do different roles as a, as a backup midfielder, then they can be really successful. So I've got them finishing six Pez, and it's a, a big jump, but realistically it means nothing unless they win a final. And that's the big test for them, where they finish 8th, First, second, their big test is to win a final. And as soon as they win that final, we could see the floodgates open.
1: Nobody wants that to happen, Source, because <laughs> it's been the biggest drought in a finals win since uh, beating Melbourne in 2004. So I don't think they'll beat Melbourne in a final this year, but if they make it, uh, they've obviously got a chance to to pick up a win. But let's hope my prediction is more accurate than yours. Um, when you were saying that the Essendon could have beaten the Bulldogs, interesting, um, on the... The NBA is on the TV in the background source and you've got the Phoenix Suns beating the Lakers at the moment and just a little bit of halftime stuff that they do on the NBA. They've got PetSmart and they've got a little race with uh, these little dogs. They're not quite bulldogs, but um, the dog just decided to piss all over the floor. So um, (laughs) I thought that was was mentionable. (laughs) They're going to have to clean that up or ankles will roll uh, in this uh, third quarter. So uh, just had to mention that there, but we move on to... Uh, another side that, you know, has become a powerhouse but uh, are struggling to take that next step and uh, get into grand finals. So you've you got the Brisbane Lions who scraped into the top four on percentage in the last game of the season, which was really exciting last year. They won 15 games. They lost seven. Uh, they add Darcy Fort from Geelong, who, uh, yeah, you know, not sure if he's going to do too much. They've got a big loss in the injury column. They've got Eric Hipwood, who did his did his, knee, his ACL. They're saying mid to late season return uh, from an ACL is really, really difficult to return, Source. You've got Dane Zorko with an ankle who will test for round one. You've got quite a strong list here. Um, a few years running uh, in the top four and just missing out in that prelim and, and struggling in that prelim, Source. Can they get across the line? Do you have them finishing uh, in the top four again? Uh,
0: not only in the top four, Pez. I've got them um, winning the whole comp. Uh, they're, they're my premier for the, for 2022, I think. Uh, they've been the best team in the, in the in the comp for the last... Probably last year, they were the best team in the comp. You could even make argument the year before. Um, and the only thing that we're really, you know, talking about Brisbane is that when it gets to finals, does their finals footy stack up? And, and realistically, Pez, the last two years, they, they've won four finals, lost two. And we, we you know... Or lost three actually because they went out in straight sets last year. But the teams that they're losing to have gone on to be in either the premiers or actually into the grand final. You look at back in twenty twenty, they lost to Geelong and Richmond, and last year they lost to the doggies by by a point. Uh, you know, and you know you could probably say that inaccuracy really cost them, and they lost to Melbourne, of course. So the, the the teams they're losing to have just been through poor kicking pairs, and this is the one thing that we've been saying for for two or three year now years now is if they can kick straight. They are so dangerous. You know the amount of the amount of Arsenal they've got up there to be able to kick goals is incredible. We know how good Charlie Cameron can be. Joe Danaher he didn't go up there uh, as, as as an absolute. Um He was going up there to be a superstar, and now he's getting the delivery in there. You also get the inclusion, hopefully, of of Cameron Reynard coming back. You know, a couple of years ago, everyone picked him to be this massive improver. You expect him to sneak into the the midfielders there. But then you've got Bailey. He had a huge year last year. McStay, Lincoln McCarthy. You know, the scoring power is elite over there uh, in Brisbane, Pez. And I think that the biggest thing for Brisbane is that, you know, I think – They peaked really early in 2019. They had this massive jump where no one expected them to be there. And normally with that huge peak it was only because of their list talent so they, they had this big big jump in 2019 where everyone's like oh yeah maybe they can win the premiership maybe they can't but realistically this is probably when their list is actually cherry ripe and it's ready to go it's at that age group Locking Neal re-signed last year which is really pivotal for them he's going to get a lot more reps in there and, and I can't see them losing too many games Pairs. I think that they actually win the premiership but not only that I think they go very close to undefeated I think the, the Brisbane home ground up there is pretty good they know how to win away they seem to have a lot of team chemistry and as I said I can't see any, any holes around. They've got an elite forward, you know, all Australian forwards, all Australian midfielders, and they've got Harris Andrews down back, who we know is an absolute superstar. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be really tough to beat in 2022.
1: Yeah, I think um, Harris Andrews might be able to stop a uh, two-meter Peter from Eston as well and um, so they can finish a little bit lower. But um, I agree with you for, with Brisbane. source. I do have them finishing first. Now, if you look up recruits for Brisbane, there's no really recruits of note. Unless you include Cameron Rayner coming back from injury off an ACL and Lockie Neal, who was pretty much out the door, <laughs> out to Fremantle, and everyone's like, oh, he's gone. But he's coming back again It's a really good culture up there. Um, they're going to miss Hip Foot up forward. But as you went through the list, they've got other scoring options uh, with Charlie Cameron being at the centre of that. Uh, home ground advantage will play a huge role and they'll, they'll secure a top four spot pretty easily in 2022. And uh, I do think they will finish first. Now, uh, just about Brisbane now, I, I spoke about uh, the birth of my daughter Last year, so. So, Chloe, she got her, you know, St. Kilda jumper, St. Kilda onesies that she sleeps in, all of those sorts of things. And I can't believe I'm doing it to her, but uh, that's she's got no choice, really. And then Cam Rayner sends down a, a signed Brisbane jersey. And the, he, Chloe's mother loves to put her in it and things. And it's very, very upsetting when you come home and you see her in, in another club's jumper. And then um, Rainer decides, oh, I'll buy her a onesie as well. So, Cam Rayner, back off. Leave, leave Chloe alone. She goes for St Kilda. She will support you. And thanks for the signed jersey and everything. But just uh, <laughs> back off with the Brisbane merchandise a little bit here. Yeah?
0: Yeah, there's nothing worse than seeing someone you love in, in terrible colours like that, uh, especially when you've had some, um, <laughs> you haven't, haven't had their best sort of successful run in the last couple of years there. Pairs a little bit disappointing to see Brisbane up and about before the Saints are up and about. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Chloe actually might go to Brisbane and she can see a premiership in her, her lifetime pairs because if she keeps following the Saints, that's not going to happen.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen and uh, (laughs) we we know that and I know that, but um, it's just something we have to do. But speaking of uh, our club source... They're the final two clubs. We've got St Kilda and we've got Geelong to go. Where are we going to place them?
0: Yeah, I know. I've really struggled through the last two podcasts, not been able to talk about my cats or your Saints pairs. Uh, As we know, we're both big fans of both teams. But let's start things off with your Saints pairs. Last year, you finished 10th with 10 wins, 12 losses. A bit of a disappointing season after a really, really up and about 2020. So let's get into it. Uh, There was no real big inclusions there, Pez. Uh, You had uh, Tom Campbell coming across from your favourite team, North Melbourne. Don't know who that is uh, He's been put on the list there twice Peer, So you must be really really uh, up and about about him Looking through there Not much else to, to do I just saw you change it in the live doc um, <laughs> But outside of that uh, You know there's some big injuries starting off the season Hunter Clark had that shoulder uh, He won't be back until uh, round five uh, Zach Jones with some personal um, things that he's uh, he's getting through So indefinite for that Paddy Ryder with that Achilles is always interesting to see if he can stay around He'll be a test for round one And Jack Billings probably returning early on with um, his hamstring. And Pez, the big one, Nick Coffield, your mate. He's out for the whole of 2023. Really, really big blow for for your campaign.
1: Yeah, definitely. Nick Coffield being out is, is an ideal... Uh, for St Kilda but uh, Benny Patton should come in and and slot into his role with being out for 2021 so uh, interesting to see where people have St Kilda, probably not too high, we know two seasons ago they finished uh, in the 8, beat the Bulldogs in a final and then uh, weren't able to Uh, make the eight last year source Uh, really struggled finished 10th and uh, struggled in a few different games a a quiet recruiting season which isn't the same as as the last few things but they did uh, some absolutely great things uh, in some of the delistings so Jack Loney will not be getting a game in St Kilda's 22 because he's actually delisted so um, I haven't rated him as a as an AFL forward he's a very very good footballer and a VFL forward but not in the AFL uh, right, um, Get the right 22 on the park, and I think St Kilda can actually compete for a top eight spot. Hanna Clark not getting a, a good start to the season with that shoulder uh, is very disappointing, but it's going to be a huge year from Max King. Uh, he's going to be up forward. He's going to win the Coleman medal. He's going to kick 60-plus, and uh, he'll, he'll take St Kilda into the top eight source in 2022.
0: Big, big call there, Piers. Where do you have them finishing? Eight.
1: Eighth. Yeah, yeah probably right, lose the first one. Right but, into uh, the
0: right into the top eight there, they're launching <laughs> in there. <laughs> Uh, Pez, I found St. Kilda, and I've said this about a couple of teams, I think if St. Kilda are healthy, they easily have the list and the pieces if everyone makes the jumps, as you said, and you know, Hunter Clark coming back. Um, you know If he makes that big next jump, you get Gresham, for all accounts. He's had a great off-season. If he comes in, you've got the superstar in steel. Pretty much a new recruit. They, they've got a lot of good pieces there. And, of course, as you said, a Maxi King, if he can kick 60 goals, well, then he'd hard, it'd be hard to not have them in the top four and top five. Uh, but the problem is there's so many question marks about... We're, we're, we're now ranking a team on their potential. You know, if, if the last couple of years we've seen bits and pieces. They all need to put it together. I've got a few question marks about their sort of ruck, uh, their ruck combinations in Marshall and Ryder and if they can get on the park for the for the same sort of time and, you know, actually put that together. Because when Ryder's there, for even how old he is, you know, 34, 35, he, he's amazing. He tended, you know, when he plays, he attends the, the most centre bounces around and he's a pivotal part of how they get the football in there. I think now that we all expect and we know what uh, Bradley Hill is there, we know what we're getting from it. Hunter Clark makes those moves. I think they can really challenge for the top four, but unfortunately, Pez, they're the Saints, and they win games that they shouldn't win, and they lose games that they should win, and that's been the you know the, the main thing that you've really uh, sort of harped on in this podcast, and a lot of Saints fans will sort of you know agree with you here, and I agree with you as a, as a general football watcher, is they're just inconsistent. If they can piece them together, they're going to be amazing. They'll probably challenge for fifth, maybe fourth, but uh, if everything pans out the way that they have the last two seasons, and those players don't make those jumps, or even if they do make that jump and they don't consistently do it, then I've got them Finishing Ninth and just missing out, Pez. But as I said, anything can happen from that. You know, five down to twelfth. Um, I think they're all chances of making the eight. And for your sake and for the, the you know the listeners, Pez, I hope that uh, they uh, my prediction's right and they finish ninth.
1: <laughs> uh, I think um, you're bringing a really good point. He's Paddy Ryder. He's a big key because if he stays on the park, he's one of the best tap ruckmen I've seen uh, in my football-watching career. So uh, if he can stay on the park and play, you know, 15 to 16 games during the season, that it'll go well for them to make in the finals. Let's get on to uh, Geelong. I think Source has been sweating not being able to talk to to Geelong. Last podcast and most of this podcast as well. So they finished third last year. Uh, they won 16. They lost six. They add in a Ruckman Source, finally. Uh, Segler from Hawthorne. Uh, you could say recognise Ruckman. They get Stengel. From Adelaide who's had a, a few personal issues uh, so they're adding those two uh, they've, they've you know they're the older retirement village down at Geelong. Um, Segler he's got a test for round one you've got Duncan, Jack Henry, uh, Menengola and Grimeyers, all tests for round one but should most most of them be healthy uh, you know you've got Jeremy Cameron you've got Patrick Dangerfield so they're all they're older at the prime of their careers, some towards the end, uh, ready to fire. They need to try and get into that top four, but then they need to try and win finals and get past that prelim source. How are they going to go?
0: It's really interesting. I was listening to um, a radio show the other week and they were talking about Geelong and whether what the what the pass rate is for Geelong. You know, does it need to be a premiership, or is that the pass mate? And that there's so much disappointment about the way that Geelong get into finals and they just sort of are thereabouts, and they're a dominant team during the season and they fall away from finals. I mean, unfortunately, for for a Geelong fan like me, I don't think it's good enough for them to be continually dropping out and not winning finals, and I think that's something that needs to change. But it they've also been losing finals against, you know, a lot of the, the, the up, uh, potential premiers, and they've proven that they're better than most of the other, the best of the other teams going into it. You get, you know, pipped on the night by Port Adelaide, you know, who came out of their shell, but realistically, they lost to the eventual premiers in Melbourne, who I don't think anyone was beating him on that night. What are they going to do for 2022, Pez? Who knows? Like, you know, we've been saying for the last 10 years that the premiership window is closing and they just continue, continue to do it. They're running back the same team, basically. As you said, they include a Ruckman in, in Segula. That'll be fantastic for them. But realistically... <sighs> I, I don't know, Piers. I really don't know where they're going to be. I think that they've got a really solid backline in Jack Henry, Tommy Stewart, Zach Tui. But as you said, they're aging. Like they're they're an aging side. They they're going to be beaten around the ground in pace sometimes. They seem to have a really really solid game plan for the for the regular season. Can they take that into the next to the to the next you know stage and make it a finals game plan? Maybe. Or is Scott actually going to in his last year of his contract going to make some radical changes and try and win that premiership that he's been sort of searching for, except for the one that was gifted? To him in his first year. It's really interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got him finishing seventh. I think that they win games down at the category that they need to win. They'll challenge against a couple of sides. I think that they'll beat Essendon in round one only because they've got a couple of injuries and they're a little bit depleted going in there. We play them later in the year, we'll probably lose that game. So I think that you know we'll get it, we'll get a couple of wins that we shouldn't really get. Um, but I've got him finishing seventh, and the premiership window realistically is closing. Uh, I'd like to see some of these young kids make some decent moves this year and make those next progressions. But the only real positive I think that is there is that Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron, the, the two-headed monster, do you know last year they kicked 100 goals, pairs between them? Think how much footy Jeremy Cameron won, and that's including finals. But they kicked 100 goals. If they can do that again, then, of course, they're going to be a top-eight side. So seventh me, pairs, but I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you're just hearing this, you've skipped enough of the podcast to... to miss what Source was rambling on about Geelong. So uh, you can continue listening from here. But, yes, Source, seventh, uh, very surprising. You don't usually overrate your cats. You kind of want to put them down and you want more – you expect more from them, but you don't want to, you know, be disappointed if you say they're going to be in the top four and then they don't make it. So they're the Victorian side, Source, with the biggest advantage in the game. Playing at GMHBA eight-plus times a year, no other Melbourne club uh, get an opportunity to do this. So they're the club that – If they've, you know, got a list ready to compete and they don't make the top four, it'd be even more disappointing with that massive advantage that they do get. An average age of 25.7 being the most in the AFL, uh, 96 games on average played as well, which is closing in on 100, easily the most uh, in the AFL. They lost a bunch of fringe players, won't have a really huge effect. Uh, Scott didn't like Jordan Clark anyway. Um, A player coming in, Uh, they might finally have a recognised Ruckman and their midfield will be very thankful in 2022. I mentioned uh, Stengel. I think he can make a difference up forward. Uh, Just needs to keep the party in behind closed doors, which I'm sure the old folks at uh, Cadinia Park will be able to guide him through that and and help him along Uh, a couple of pubs, you know, rooms behind closed doors where he can keep the party in there and not get, not get in the press and not wonder Onto the streets, uh, and even if they do, the cops down at Geelong might just turn a, turn a blind eye uh, <laughs> down in that down in that town. So, uh, Geelong, you know, they've got that impressive list. They've got those players. If they keep them on the park, I think they're finishing the top four. I've got the finishing fourth source. Uh, I, I don't know how they will go uh, going into a prelim final, but if you've got the likes of Dangerfield, Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron, uh, Tommy Stewart down back, yeah. You're in with a chance in any game you play. So uh, anything could happen uh, in the top four, which you'd probably be happy with that result uh, listening to you. But there are my thoughts on Geelong.
0: Yeah, I'm hopeful, Pez, that that's uh, exactly how it turns out. And about halfway through the season, you'll probably hear me saying, you know, when we're sitting second or third and and winning games that they're premiership favourites. And then hear me the first week of the finals and and talking shit about Scott, about how they're they're dropping out. They're they're an emotional roller coaster as a fan, but uh, I'm glad that you've got them higher than I have, Pez. Uh, And I hope that that's the one prediction I hope that you're right with.
1: Yeah, well, and that concludes our ladder prediction for twenty twenty two, source. So, uh, it'll be out on Twitter at behind the bound. Uh, get in on it. Uh, comment on there, whatever, whatever you think. What did we get wrong? There's a few discrepancies between us and lots of discrepancies between uh, experts. Like, uh, I don't even know if you can call Mick Malthouse an expert source. I know he coached the game for what thirty years or whatever, but I think he's just coming out and trying to make a name for himself in the media, like a, like a few of those players, uh, ex-coaches and ex. Players do. Uh, Kane Corns brings a bell. He just wants to be controversial and make everyone uh, comment against them. So uh, they're against us. Uh, we'll see if the fans agree. And whose letter is better? Make sure you vote. Is, is Source's letter? Do you agree with that more? Or is it is it my letter? Uh, my letter will probably be closer in 2022. You can nearly guarantee that.
0: Uh, yeah well I don't know about that Pez Because mine last year was a lot closer than yours was uh, Then in saying that both of us had Melbourne Not even in the 8 for both of our ladder predictions So what do we know at the end of the day uh, That's the best part about making a prediction Pez Is that you know you can do all the evidence And you can do all the research And you can do all these different sort of uh, philosophies About why it's going to happen And then something you know round 2 something will happen That will change the whole lands- landscape of the, the league And we'll be left on our asses looking silly So yeah make sure you jump on uh, line And give us uh, some banter about about how, we can, uh, how we've can how we gone with our ladder and make sure you jump on to our loser comp pairs. Jump on. There's only a couple more days before that closes. Follow on to all the social media links. Jump on the registration page. Jump in there. It's $20, only $20 to show up uh, Source and Pairs and show us how good you are at picking losers. That's uh, <laughs> no, not really a big brag, is it? How good I am at picking losers. But how long can you stay alive in the, in the survival comp?
1: Oh, it is. The, it is a big brag when you when you get that cash prize at the end. Uh, all hundred percent of the uh, entry fees go to the eventual winner. So um, very unique in, in that way. A lot of other competitions also charge a charge a fee and things, but uh, no profit, not a profit um, competition. So get your money in, and uh, you can win the prize at the end and have a nice little uh, nice little grand in your bank just before just before christmas
0: that would be a perfect little christmas present there pez anyway we better get things wrapped up pez it's been a fantastic show really great to to go through the second half of the ladders i'm sure our media manager will post that during the week and we're back for another show pez when is our next show
1: Yeah, uh, Tuesday night will be the recording. So uh, Tuesday night, you'll be able to listen to it or on your way to work on Wednesday, ready for the season opener on Wednesday. You got the grand final rematch, Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs at Behind the Bound on Twitter. I'm Pez, peace out.
0: I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time, guys.